Welcome to the Falling Skies cast, the first podcast dedicated to Falling Skies on TNT. to the Falling Skies cast. I am Jimmy in Georgia. It's time to talk more Falling Skies. We are back here for episode number four that was entitled Young Bloods. And uh, today we're going to be talking about that episode, doing some recaps and top fives and all the things we normally do. Okay, and we're going to start off today, as we kind of often will do, with a little bit of Falling Skies news. From the Falling Skies cast studios, it's the Falling Skies news with Jimmy and Emmy. Right, well, last week's episode, um, as in number three, technically, Compass, the second week's showing of the show this season, had slightly lower ratings than the premiere episode this time around. It was 3.8 million viewers with the live plus the same day of Sunday night, and that was including 1.7 million in the 18 to 49, and if you expand that down a little bit differently, it's 1.9 in the 25 to 54. And then that was followed by The Great Escape, which only had 1.6 million. So definitely a lot more tuning in to Falling Skies versus The Great Escape. One thing that I was noticing that on TV by the Numbers, where I usually will track down my ratings news, they were asking, why hasn't TNT renewed Falling Skies and Franklin and Bash yet? And just uh, not to cause any fear or anything, they basically said they felt like um, Rizzoli's Denials and Dallas had been renewed because those were made by Warner Brothers, who owns TNT, I think, or something to that effect. And then, or Time Warner, I guess I should say. But Franklin Bash is made by Sony. Falling Skies is made by DreamWorks TV, obviously. We've talked about that a lot with Steven Spielberg. And that might be why the negotiations or whatever haven't actually been completed just yet. It's not anything to worry about necessarily. They expect it to be renewed, but... I know last year it was very early on. I think it was after the first episode, maybe the second one, they had already announced season two. And so maybe that's something they'll hold off for Comic-Con or something like that. Who knows? I don't know. I don't I don't think the ratings have fallen that much that would uh, necessitate them to canceling the show. Uh, and that's one thing, honestly, I don't know what what is enough on cable. I know uh, 3.8 million viewers on regular TV is terrible. And they would be getting canceled if this was on NBC or ABC or CBS or Fox or whatever. So, But just going back to last year's um, numbers, the, the lowest rated episode of all of last season was 3.9 million viewers. So this is definitely dipped below that level. But year again, I still think this season has been a better season thus far. And I think, I think, I don't think, I don't think it's nothing to be too worried about. So anyway. We're going to move on out of this little bit of Final Skies news, and that's really about it. We've already covered Comic-Con news last week, so if you didn't hear that, go back out and check the uh, news section of last week about the Comic-Con panel, which is coming up just really next week. Um, and then with the AAC format, you can jump directly to the news segment if you haven't already listened to that portion of the show from last week. As we record, I, I've also just noticed on my uh, little calendar there, tomorrow is July the 3rd, and if you're in the UK, and maybe you are, um, but maybe you probably wouldn't be listening to this episode just yet. But anyway, the uh, season two of Fallen Skies does premiere in the UK on FX at 9 p.m. tomorrow night. Um, or maybe tonight as you listen to this in the U.S., but then it doesn't really apply to you. But either way, <laughs> July 3rd, Fallen Skies comes to the UK, and that's definitely cool. All right, well, we're going to jump into what we did last week for the first time. This is going to be our second episode of this, or whatever you want to call it. And this is kind of going to kick off our feedback section as we do it as well. And uh, I'm going to hit the music, and I think you'll know what time it is. Hey, somebody call 
how's it going? All right. You trying to stay cool over there? Yeah, I'm trying to do my best. It's a hot one out there again today. It ain't been as quite as hot today as it was yesterday. Right. I mean, it's been hot, but not quite as bad. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had lightning and thundering and... Well, last night? Rain. Yeah, it was, I mean, the lights went out one time and come back on and the security light went off twice and... Hmm. I was kind of glad when all that died down. Right. Did you get a chance to watch Fallen Skies last night? Yeah. What did you think about this week's episode? Oh, I liked it. I like it. I like it more and more. The more I see, the more I want to see. So that's definitely a good thing. I <laughs> wanted to see more of the show. Yeah. I, I thought it was good that uh, those kids and one of them ended up being Weaver's daughter. I thought that was kind of neat. That was an interesting little twist. I didn't think she would stay, though. Yeah. I could tell. I thought. I was just saying, it looked kind of bad for them when they got that little harness in place, thought they were going to get them. Yeah, I did, too. I thought, oh, I thought, oh goodness. Right. <laughs> it was pretty good. I watched The Great Escape. I like that. Yeah. It's on After Fallen Skies. Yeah, I watched part of that. I didn't really get into it. I don't know. I'm not, it was well, okay. I couldn't think to see anything else really interesting, so I thought, well. Yeah. I, I was surprised. The one, the people that, that took the longest to get out won. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, well, I'll let you go. I'll probably okay. get back to the podcast and stuff. All right. I'm glad you called. All right. Bye, babe. Bye. All right. Well, that was our quick little Mama in Georgia segment where we briefly talked to Mama in Georgia about this week's Falling Skies episode and uh, had some feedback about that. And speaking of feedback, we're going to jump into the Falling Skies cast feedback right now. All right, well, we're going to jump into our Falling Skies feedback. All right, well, like I mentioned, we had uh, some feedback about Mama in Georgia. We had a, an email to get into here to start us off. I think, I believe, I may be wrong, but this is like this is from Shani. I, I could be saying that wrong. It's S-H-A-Y-N-E. They say, Jimmy, enjoying your cast? Two suggestions. I love the idea of Mama in Georgia, but you need to get her to say more. More anything, even if it's silly. She could be a stroke of genius for your podcast. Also, you could really benefit from a podcasting partner. Discussion is always more interesting than a monologue. All the best. Shani in Atlanta. Like I said, I believe it's Shani. And I I definitely, uh, I think I think the Mama in Georgia thing is kind of funny. That's kind of why I did it, I guess. And uh, I, I did try to have a, a podcasting partner here that when we first started going on uh, the first season of, of Fallen Skies cast. Uh, my wife was on here with me a little bit. Her scheduling deal really kind of got in the way of her work. And then, uh, I don't know, she just wasn't very comfortable talking on the microphone when it came down to it either. And so those those first couple episodes where she was actually kind of a co-host, and we, we would kind of trade off, you know, reading emails or reading a news story or even reading off like the little recaps that I would write up and stuff like that. And it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't work out very well for us. And I would love to have... Um, someone to do this with but then again it's one of those things uh, i've had other podcasts where people have offered and i wouldn't mind having someone on the show um occasionally or a guest or something but uh it's just hard to work out scheduling stuff because i know for me like some days when i have time i don't feel like doing this and if i don't feel like doing this there's no point in doing it because i'm tired and i'm you know worn out or whatever and, and I've, I've done some podcasts like that if you go back and, <laughs> and i don't really suggest it but if you go back and you listen to some of the what is the event podcast that i did about that one season of the event on nbc i was doing that podcast at like one in the morning on monday nights i had to be at work that day and you know the next morning in a few hours and i was just like and so sean went and he uh 
he found Simon. It was pretty much how it was. And so it's bad. I should have just waited to the next day and made a quality podcast versus, I don't know, it's one of those things with podcasting. There's there's stuff out there for everyone and hopefully something here that you enjoy. And if, if not, that's okay too, I guess. I definitely appreciate you taking the time to write in and uh, and getting some feedback. I think that's the only specific feedback I've had thus far to the, the Mama in Georgia segment, which I think, honestly, I do think it's kind of funny just a little bit. And and so I think that's cool. So thanks for that. And then, yeah, I, I agree. Podcasts with, with two people is better. My, one of my favorite podcasts. I have several that I listen to quite a bit. And, hey, we'll we'll give them some plugs here real quick while we're at it. One of the main ones that I really enjoy is usually around maybe once a month right now, um, just depending on, I guess, these guys' schedule. It's called Geek Out Loud. It's with Steve Glosson and Derek Russell. And if you've been around podcasting for a while, you may know them from the Starkville House of Ales, a Smallville podcast, actually the premier Smallville podcast. It went on for a long time. It was a great podcast. Um, they did other podcasts. My favorite of their podcasts, they don't do anymore, is a show called Realm 3, where they would have a show three times a week and talk about three different topics. My favorite one they've ever done. But anyway, Derek and Steve are right now doing like a monthly podcast. And it's about geeky things, you know, pop culture stuff, television, movies, whatever. And it's a lot of fun. Well, when Steve first started out, it was just Steve by himself, and he had one guest occasionally. Um, it was still entertaining to listen to Steve even by himself. Uh, but Steve's a funny guy, and so, I don't know, that's one of those things, I, I I can try to be funny sometimes, but usually I try to stay on topic, I try to, to get, you know, to the to the stuff I want to talk about, and so, it is hard to be funny by yourself, it really is, because you sound like a jerk if you say something you think's funny and you laugh at it a little bit, but yeah, that is one of the things, I think, with, with our podcast here, it will be great to hear more from you. So it's not just my thoughts, my opinions, my blabbity, 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 but more of what you would want to say. And that would definitely be a great thing if you call into the show at 773-35-SKIES. And that is an American number. If you're outside the U.S., you just throw a plus one in front of that. But we are here um, to talk about Fallen Skies. And I would love to hear what you have to say. And I, I try to encourage you to do that every time. Because I know for sure that the show would be better if we had your email your phone call your mp3 file you like you record something on your phone send it in the show would probably be a lot better because it wouldn't just be me sitting here blabbing away and i don't doubt that once one one whatever I, I know it would be better so help us make the show better everyone out there if you're listening you know it would be great if you took the time to, to send us a quick email or send us a a quick little message anyway i guess that's going to wrap up that first email i got one email from it looks like saeed and he asked if I received his mail, and that uh, would be no, and that could have been junk mail. Okay, guys, that was all the emails for this go-round. I don't have any calls to get into, um, so we're going to jump over into our Facebook page, and then we definitely had some comments, um, I guess it was last night there. All right, one thing here we want to talk about. I posted the thing over on Facebook, and it went over to Twitter as well. And I said, have any thoughts about tonight's episodes or theory of what's to come on Falling Skies? Had several messages there. Carrie had uh, three things here. Um, Don't let Matt get harnessed and bring Captain Weaver's daughter back! Exclamation point. She also says, yeah, and why did they have to kill Jimmy Bolin? He was cute and the only about 15-year-old. And she also says, murder that bloody skitter. And with a choice word there thrown in that we'll edit here for the podcast. <laughs> All right. And then also, Che says, bring his daughter back and kill Red Eye. Um, so another one of those um, terms out there people have made up for the uh, the one of our listeners called on uh, Twitter Scarface for that skitter. 
All right, and then Courtney had a couple comments as well. She says, I think Ben is unintentionally leading the skitters to the second mass and that something really bad is going to happen to him. I also think that he's trying to prove himself to the others in order for them to forget that he was harnessed. And their second comment, and I feel for Weaver. He had his daughter back and then lost her again. And then Matt almost getting harnessed. My God, I almost cried. So thanks to Courtney and Carrie and Shay for chiming in there with those comments about last night's episode. We definitely appreciate that. And then we also actually have one other comment on a previous post there on Facebook. I just posted about, you know, Young Bloods being on TNT. And Joy said, this season has been great. Whole family loves this show. And that's that's definitely a good thing. All right, well, over on the Twitter, as we like to refer to it as, we had a few interactions here, one of which I think is kind of interesting. Um, and we'll start with that one, I guess, since that has to do with this episode we talked about. I, I put the quote on the, the, that they had on the wall there. You probably noticed that Robert E. Lee was put, pictured there with a Confederate flag and stuff. It says, It is well that war is so terrible, otherwise we would grow too fond of it. Robert E. Lee, Falling Skies. And then uh, at Film Critic 1 says, The Falling Skies, yes, he says... Um, Lee didn't say that. A screenwriter did. Lee did scream, hit her harder while he watched a 14-year-old girl whipped. Well, I googled that thing, and it's all over the place everywhere as accredited to Lee, uh, but the two most reputable sources that I could find, you know, outside of some of the silly ones that people go to these days, were the Smithsonian and the National Park Service. So I'm thinking Robert Lee actually said that, and it's one of those things, why would, why would the writers of Fallen Skies, who obviously have a thing for history, make up a quote? Uh, you know, so I'm saying, like, eh, yeah, I responded to the guy. I'm just like, well, according to these guys, he did say it. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. And then also we have at Seahorse629 said the harnessing scene was intense. I thought that was a pretty good scene. Definitely thought it was. Um, we'll get into more thoughts about that kind of stuff here soon, I guess. At BS Algado224 says that they gave us clout on clout. If you're not familiar with that, it's a thing that measures your Twitter and Facebook stuff and gives you a number and says you're important or something like that. Going back a few days, um, at Falling Skies FX um, retweeted one of our messages that we sent out about that uh, debut over there in the UK on July 3rd we mentioned earlier in the news segment as did the TV King. One Direction X on Twitter says, love your show, it's amazing, can't wait for Sunday. At Jewel Phoenix, uh, in response to the whole thing about the Falling Skies in the UK, says, can't wait for this, awesome. We had a few messages about last week's episode too from at Sparkling Chaos. One actually sent us three messages, and they said they're finally watching the newest Falling Skies, and all I can say so far is what the freaking trash. But I didn't really understand exactly. And then the next message was says there's so much emotion in this episode. Okay, and then the last one says I don't trust Charleston, I don't trust Pope, and sadly I don't trust Ben. And so I still kind of agree, even though like we said in the last week's episode, Charleston's where they're headed. And it would be so disappointing if there were no one there. So I, I have to think, since that's the direction they're going, and obviously they've moved south. Uh, one of my theories or whatever, they've definitely moved south here. We saw Robert E. Lee on a wall. You don't have Robert E. Lee on a wall up in Boston. So they've definitely headed south already. Um, quite a ways, it sounds like. I mean, I haven't really mentioned how far they've gone, but just based on that alone, they've definitely made it a ways down, I would have to think. All right, well, I think... 
think that's going to wrap up our little Fallen Skies feedback section for this week. And we're going to get back into our normal broadcasting schedule. And our next um, item up on our agenda here will be the Fallen Skies recap. Then we'll follow that up with the Fallen Skies 5, our uh, Fallen Skies and pop culture, and this week in history. And uh, had weeks like this previously, but unfortunately there was no Pope, so there will not be a Pope quote of the week at the end of the episode this week. So sorry, everyone. Uh, Maybe next time. All right, well, let's jump into our Falling Skies recap. It's time for the Falling Skies recap, part of the show where we recap Falling Skies. All right, well, this week's episode opens up with the previous on, like always. And then we basically have Matt being skitterbait, thanks to Tector and Boone. The guys blow off the heads of a couple skitters while the skitter blood goes all over Matt. And Matt thinks that's pretty awesome. And we cut to our little opening credits. And then we cut over in the next scene we see to Hal and um, Ben are out on a patrol. And they found a building that has power, which is definitely interesting. They also see a couple of mechs. Um, ben is still acting funny. He's still quiet. He's still kind of off by himself. Um, Hal talks about how he's not really eating anything. And then uh, it looks like two girls come up and steal their bikes. And we do see a U.S. Army poster there. And then Ben... Uh, Super Ben again here, Superman, Captain America, whatever you want to call him, superhero style. He can hear the motorcycles from far, far away and is able to track them down. Uh, Then we cut back over to the second mass camp, and here's where we see that General Lee mural and that quote that we talked about just a little bit earlier. Tom and Ann still have their little chemistry going on. They give a little little kiss action there, and definitely a little bit better um, reaction than the last time when Tom was apologizing afterwards. And he does bring her a cocoa pie, which I'm assuming here that it's supposed to be like a moon pie, and it's just not the the brand or whatever. Who knows? And then we we have uh, Hal Ben going back and confronting the kids. Um, the Lost Boys kind of reminded me of a little bit, like a not not the vampires, the Peter Pan thing, where the kids are do, doing everything on their own. They don't have the parents or adults around or whatever. And their sentiments, even that adults get us killed. But this whole section here with with Diego, the leader of these um, teenagers and little kids, even kind of reminded me of Vatos. Um, if you're familiar with The Walking Dead and that season one. I don't want to spoil you if you haven't watched it, if you're interested in watching The Walking Dead. But there's an episode where the uh, couple of the guys from the, the Walking Dead camp meet up with some uh, some young people. I'm not like teenage. Well, one of them was teenager, I guess. But they meet up with some young people, young Hispanics, and it looks like they might be part of some kind of street gang or something there in Atlanta. And, you know, there's more to the story than that. But it's definitely an interesting episode of season one of The Walking Dead. So if you haven't checked that out, I definitely highly recommend it. One thing I thought was kind of cool here, I, I mean, honestly, these people, it's a post-apocalyptic world here, people are dying, and Hal is still being a nice guy, he's like, hey, we'll give you some food, we'll give you some water, maybe we have some bike parts, that's not how people, people shouldn't react like that in an apocalypse. I mean, I think it's great that they are nice and they're generous and all this kind of stuff, but it's just like, wow, that's really not a way to survive in this in this world. One thing I thought was funny, Boone calls Tom Mason, Mason Jars, kind of a nickname. I thought it was pretty funny. He is definitely upset with Boone and Tector for allowing Matt to be used as skitterbait, as he says, and he sends them off of the sniper duty to sanitation, which can't be the most fun thing in the world of Falling Skies. And then Matt's definitely going to have to sit out a few missions. 
And we have Halibin and the Young Bloods, if you will, returning to camp. And we find out that Jean Weaver is one of those girls, and they are family. We learn some more about Captain Weaver's wife and how she died of a stroke. She was out of her blood pressure medication. And then we, we kind of hear, I don't know if it's right here or sometime later, we hear how Captain Weaver there was kicked out of the house. And he may have already talked about that. I honestly don't remember that specific information from season one. I know they were split up and he went looking for him and all that stuff. He, he goes into all that. But we uh, definitely had some of that story told back in that episode where Weaver was popping those pills and he was kind of going crazy. But um, at least for the time being, Papa Bear and Baby Bear are back together. The kids are enjoying a game of soccer. And I think it was funny, too, again, every group of people we've kind of come in contact with, they've had different names for stuff. Diego calls the mechs battle bots. He calls the harnesses kids with parasites. And he calls the uh, the skitters chinkas. And if, if I'm spelling the word correctly, a chincha, because I don't speak Spanish, <laughs> not really. Like no agua from Sesame Street, stuff, a few things like that. And as far as I can tell, that is a masculine noun which means bug, bed bug, drawing pin, or thumbtack, um, or a verb to bother, annoy, or harass. And so that would definitely be a very similar terminology for for a skitter. So I'm thinking that is the right word, chincha, C-H-I-N-C-H-E. They um, kind of share the rumors about Charleston, survivors, organization, force, you know, trying to rise up against the aliens. I have in my notes here there's a growing, pain, growing pains moment, I guess, between Tom and, and Matt. Um, Weaver makes some PB&J sandwiches for his little girl. And then we have the conversation between Lo, as she's called later on by Jamil. Lo and Diego talk about northern Mexico because she has some family down there. And we learned it was destroyed. No one survived, apparently. And one thing I thought was pretty funny we'll get to in a uh, pop culture moment. All right, well, they return back to the Youngbloods camp, and they find it kind of destroyed and burning, and they find one kid, Robbie, and he is just kind of freaking out. No, 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 no. They find Robbie's jacket with blood on it. They find Johnny, and he says the Chinchas took everyone. Ben obviously knows what happened. He said they are going to get harnessed, so they immediately draw the conclusion that place with the power must be the harness in place. They're going to take them there. So it's rescue time. So we go back to the second mass to get some forces to go rescue the kids. And Weaver and Tom then want to make a plan, want to have this you know thought out and know what they're getting into. And Diego doesn't really deal with that. He's like, I want to go give them on my own, which works out really well for him. That's sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> but we do learn a few things. Ben talks about a holding room, and then he talks about a harnessing chamber. And that's his words for those things. One thing about Diego running off to go do this rescue mission on, on his own with the little kids, he does take Matt along. Again, works out really, really well for old Diego. As they are finally preparing to actually go on the mission, Tom's worried about taking Ben to this facility. He wants to know, you know, maybe he's going to freak out. Weaver talks about his anger with Tom and how he blames himself for what's happened to his wife and how he's lost his daughter and all this stuff. All right, and here's where we have that moment with Tector and Tom. It's kind of a good moment there. I think Tector's kind of stepping into the foreground just a little from that uh, second mass, and so that's good to see. And then this is when, after that, they figure out Matt is gone, and he's obviously with them. We go to another commercial break there. We come back in, and we see Matt's fake baseball hat there on the ground, and a mech steps right onto it. The uh, second mask splits up to go in. And as always, it seems like when they go inside the place here, it's very undermanned by the skitters. I don't know, maybe it's just one of those deals. They're not expecting a small force to come in like this. Who knows, but there seems to be very little resistance whenever they've entered some sort of a place like this, like when they went to go after Ben in Season 1. And we, we kind of come to this point where we see basically three of these kids, 
We have uh, Jeannie or Jean. We have Matt, and we have another kid, Robbie. Was it Robbie? No, Johnny. Um, are in the harnessing chamber, and they are on a table. And there was one skitter in there who's kind of overseeing the fact that the uh, the harnesses, the little like my, my little term I always use was skitter babies, are coming out of like this little ooze, slithering down this little chute, and then going and attaching themselves to the. And it's actually pretty pretty um graphic i think johnny the little kid has the harness attached to him and you see the spines pop out and go into him it's pretty intense for the falling skies i mean seriously this is you know still designed to be a family show for the most part so it's pretty intense stuff definitely a parasite definitely something living here and good good special effects again and that little actor is actually a good actor too i was talking about johnny there um maggie tector and some others find diego and, and a few of the, his kids is tied up in this little room as the skitter goes back over to Matt and is getting ready to be harnessed, um, we have the, the team basically come on in and save the day. Ben and Weaver and Tom and maybe a few others that come in, they knock the parasites off, they shoot them, they stomp on them, and, you know, whatever they can do to, to get them out of there. And they do save Matt and Jeannie. And then one, the best part of this scene for me was Ben noticing like, the pool of the little skitter harness parasite things. And he goes over there, he touches the glass, and if nobody else saw it, at least Hal saw it, because he talks about it a little bit later on, his little spikes start glowing again, and it looks like one of the parasites is like reaching out to him. We see it looks like a little mouth on there, like it's trying to reattach itself to him. I think it was Ben got, you know, he kind of woke up from his little trance and shoots the little thing, and there's all these little skitter harnesses everywhere, and they're shooting in him and killing him and stuff. Oh, the one other good part there, too, I was looking back at my notes, was Weaver did get bit by one of them, which was interesting. I'm like, what does that do to you? Does that give you a... Uh some kind of skitter infection <laughs> this is gonna have a skitter leg i don't I don't know i doubt that but I, I just thought that was kind of a funny thing his daughter saves him pulls it off and uh, kind of helps him get out of there and we go to another commercial break and my uh question here my notes is where were all the mexican skitters weaver's back in the camp he's trying to make amends with genie and it does appear she's staying behind and that diego is leaving with the young bloods Weaver gives Jeannie his compass. We heard the story about the previous week, how his dad had given it to him when he was an Eagle Scout, all that stuff. Hal asks Ben about the glowing spikes and how long it's been going on. And Ben just tells him to back off. Ben, Ben's got issues. And uh, he can't. He doesn't even trust his own brother. Definitely not a good place to be. And we're going to... I definitely think Ben's going to the dark side, personally. But we'll see how that goes. Tector, again, we see him. He comes to see Tom. He's instructed to do the laundry. And then he can go back to being on sniper duty. And he's also asked to keep Boone in line, the, the little rapper from earlier. Jamil finally gets to talk to Lodgers, and this is where he calls her Low, which I think is pretty funny. I'm going to start calling her Low from here on out. And she said that she has an aunt and uncle that were down in northern Mexico, and you know she's sad or whatever that they are gone now too, or as far as she knows, um, based on what Diego told her. And, and Jamil basically has some good advice for her. He says, don't stop hoping, You know, hope for Charleston, hope for a new life, hope for a new family. Hope's all we got. I don't know. It'd be a, a good time for Don't Stop Believing to come on. Don't stop believing. But anyway, Jenny is uh, taking care of old Papa Bear. And then uh, he kind of goes to sleep and she leaves him a note. And and as soon as she walks away he, um, with the compass, he wakes up and reads the note and cries. And she's off with Diego. Oh, this is, this is, a, this is the last little part of the show. Like, again, it's kind of an awkward ending to me. We've had some pretty good action, some kind of interesting stuff going on, learning about the skitters, and definitely made some progress on their trip down south, like I mentioned earlier, with seeing Robert E. Lee on the wall. And the show kind of ends with like kind of a musical montage showing Lowe and Jamil holding hands, 
showing Ben off doing something by himself. It didn't even show what he was doing. He was just standing there, and it shows Matt um, kind of being there by himself, kind of pouting or whatever, and he comes and lays down with his dad. You know, Weaver's crying and stuff. And then we do have a... Uh, a pop culture reference there in that part with what the shirt that Matt has on. But that's going to be all for our Falling Skies recap. We're going to get into our Falling Skies 5, the part of the show where we count down the five most pivotal moments of the episode right about now. All right, it is time for the Falling Skies 5, the five most pivotal moments of the episode. All right, well, number five on my list is, I guess we'll say number the reconnection of uh, Weaver with his daughter and then the disconnection, as it, as it were. We we do find out that uh, one of the two girls, uh, his remaining family members, were his, would have been his wife and his daughter. And uh, we find out his wife is dead. And we find out that um, his daughter here is alive. She's made it. She's came back reunited with him. And then she runs away with her boyfriend. I don't know. I don't. I don't really get that. I mean, personally, I, I'm just. I feel like the second mass is bigger, more powerful. Why wouldn't you stay around with them? I, I really don't know. I mean, I know there was just a few kids, too. I mean, they lost some of their kids and stuff, too. So it's like, really? But whatever. That's how the show goes. You have guest stars. And it definitely helps having guest stars when you're traveling um, for these next several episodes, at least, I would have to think. But, yeah, I think that's important. But then, at the same time, it kind of sucks for Weaver. I mean, yeah, he has something out there. He's like, my daughter's okay. My daughter's alive. That's awesome. But I'm not with her, so... That kind of sucks. But there's lots of parents that are like that. You know, their daughters are okay. Their sons are okay. They're just not with them. They're married. They're moved away. They, You know, they're in the military. They're wherever. You know, my wife's family's in Texas. We're in Georgia. So we don't get to see them maybe a couple times a year. And that kind of sucks for them, I'm sure. I know they don't probably like that very much. But, you know, that's kind of how, how life is a lot of times. So life isn't too different there in the alien apocalypse. It's just he can be happy that his daughter is still around. All right, that's going to be my number five on my list. Number four on my list is Ben's secrets out. I think this is an important thing. I don't think it's the most important thing of the week. Um, well, I don't know if it's his whole secret, but part of his secret's out. With the glowing spikes, you know, this connection he definitely still has with the skitters, apart from his Captain America abilities that he has, his superhuman hearing and strength and endurance and everything else he's got going on. How, you know, confronts him about this. He's still very closed off, doesn't want to talk about it to... Definitely still seems to be heading down that dark path, the Anakin Skywalker way, if you will. That would be an awesome street sign, Anakin Skywalker way. I should get one of those. Anyway, <laughs> that's number three, four on my list. We're going to go into number three on my list. And this is one of those things. We learn more about the world, and I think this is important. It's not the most important thing. Ben's stuff's maybe more important, but I think it's really important that someone has heard that Mexico, or at least northern Mexico, was completely wiped out. And um, we'll talk about why I think that's important, I guess, right now. One thing we've seen, the northeastern U.S., from Michigan to Massachusetts, seems to be intact. I mean, a lot of people are dead, yeah. But just in general, there's this buildings are still there. People are still there to some degree. Why on earth would they just level Mexico? What was in Mexico? Isn't it mostly deserts and stuff down there in northern Mexico? I think that's very strange. And so... Don't don't really get that part of everything. But there again, I, I do think that's interesting as we we make contact with some other people, we hear other stories. And if we believe the uh, rumors of Mexico, I guess that again leads credence to why we should believe in the rumors of Charleston. Um, even though my tendency is not to, uh, the more I think about it, the more I do believe that is to be the case. So yes, it is good to hear rumors, and I guess we'll tie this together. It's good to hear rumors 
of the negative sort in, in the same way it's good to hear rumors of the positive sort. Just to kind of say that, you know, this is what's happening out there in the rest of the world. Number two on my pivotal moments this week, and this is for all the, the shippers out there. <laughs> There's a couple of those relationships going on in the second mass that I think are, are good. They definitely give give them hope. They give them reasons to move on. And it's kind of a combination of several, I guess, we'll, we'll say. But Jamil and, and Lyle are low. I think it's really good they have each other, especially the way he was encouraging her at the end of the episode. We definitely see Tom and Anne's relationship building, which is good because that's definitely been kind of a slow thing going on these first couple seasons of the show. And then, um, and too, Hal and, and Maggie. I mean, that hasn't progressed so far, I guess. I think that's good. I, I, I definitely it's one of those things. You know, what have you got to live for in this situation? Apart from somebody they were saying hope, but it's kind of like Weaver and his daughter. Just knowing that you have somebody out there makes makes the world better. When the world's a terrible place and you hate your job or you hate what's going on, knowing you have someone who loves you is a very important thing. And so I definitely think that's really important. At least in our main characters finding love, and I guess the uh, secondary characters are finding love too, probably. And that's helping them move forward here on the in the shoe, and in the world of all these guys. All right, well, that's our number two. Number one this week, I really think, is this whole harnessing facility. It's, like, it's not like the skidders walk around and can just, like, attach a harness to you. They have to round kids up and take them somewhere to do it. I think that's kind of important. I think it's important that they have uh, factories and power and things so they could actually target these places if they would have the technology to do so. I guess in doing so, you'd also need to attack it, which seems to be kind of easy, and rescue kids first before you blow it up. But I don't know. Just the, the skitters don't seem to be guarding against a small force very well at all. Um, kind of again, I'm a Star Wars fan. It kind of reminds me of the Emperor and his Death Stars, and how he was prepared for some large scale assault. He knew that they could withstand it. But they couldn't withstand one small fighter or in the, in the Return of the Jedi, a Millennium Falcon and a fighter. <laughs> and so it's just funny that they have they must have the same mentality in some way because the scooters don't seem to really be protecting their places that you would think would be secure in a lot of these cases. But anyway, that definitely seems to be the case. And I hear thunder outside. And you may hear my dog in the background. So if you hear those two things, that's, that's what's going on right about now. All right, well, we're going to jump out of our top five moments of this week into a little tiny, small Falling Skies and Pop Culture. Falling Skies and Pop Culture. All right, well, this week, I only caught one specific pop culture reference. There was a couple others that we can throw in here just real briefly that really weren't. First of all, we'll go ahead and make the obvious statement. Diego, okay, I don't even watch the show, but I know Diego is um, Dora the Explorer, his little buddy. So, gotta throw that out there. Mason jar. It's like a mayonnaise jar. Just a, a thing that seems to be pretty popular, at least in the stereotypical versions of the South, that people drink their sweet tea out of them, for instance. And that was their nickname given to Tom Mason, which was kind of appropriate, I suppose. And then, really, the only true pop culture reference that I saw throughout this week's episode, there was one fake one. There was Matt's fake baseball hat that said bullfrogs or something. And then there was the, the actual one. Matt, at the end of the episode, was wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. It was kind of gray, had like yellow lettering, says Star Wars. So kudos to the um, props department to the wardrobe for kicking in a little Star Wars love again. We talked about that in the first episode of the season. One, there were some Star Wars figures on the table when Porto was discussing his battle plans way back when, before they divided up the different groups in the 300. 
and there was an Anakin Skywalker, some battle droids and stuff. And uh, I don't remember any Star Wars references per se since then, but this is definitely another one, so nice. And uh, I really don't think I need to say what Star Wars is. I think you probably know if you're watching Fallen Skies. Okay, one other reference this week. Uh, not necessarily pop culture, more along the lines of a biblical reference. Hal does say at one point, Vengeance is mine, saith the Hal. You know, which is a reference from the Bible. It's just he twisted it around a little bit and replaced the, the Lord with the how. Um, probably heard it somewhere along the lines, even if you've never really read the Bible. It's one of those things that's quoted quite often. It's actually from the book of Romans in the New Testament of the Bible. And the, probably the most familiar version that's out there in like you know the vernacular of the world, which even he was quoting with that old King James English, was from the King James Version, and that is Romans twelve nineteen. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And then that's going to move us into another brief little segment. These are kind of all short this week. Our This Week in History segment, we'll go ahead and jump into that right about now. This Week in History... All right, well, this week in history, we had a quote from Robert E. Lee. We mentioned it earlier in our feedback section about how terrible war is, and we've already talked about that quote from some Twitter feedback. But Robert E. Lee, if you're familiar with American history, I mean, if you're outside of the U.S., maybe you're not familiar with our history so much. But So, yeah, Robert E. Lee was a general of the Confederate Army. He uh, led the Confederate Army of Northern Virginia in the U.S., American Civil War, whatever you want to call it. Um, prior to that, though, he he had served 32 years in the United States military, and he did you know choose to follow Virginia and, and uh, when they seceded from the Union and you know head off into the Civil War. And then one note for me, he su- did surrender at Appomattox Courthouse on April 9th, 1865, which would kind of be the end of the war more or less. And his company of men that were there, and I honestly don't even remember exactly how it how it was as far as the person. One of my grandfather's relatives, and I, I honestly don't think it was like his great-grandfather or anything. It was like one of his uncles, like great-uncles or something, was in the group of soldiers who surrendered with Lee at Appomattox Courthouse. Um, my mom had like a newspaper article that they'd written back in the day. I mean, not in like 1800s back in the day, but you know later on, just in the local newspaper. But anyway, I think that's kind of interesting. U.S. Civil War, look it up. Wikipedia or something. <laughs> All right, but that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, again, that was a short This Week in History, a short pop culture segment, and we don't have a Pope Quote of the Week. So we're just going to tell you how you can get in contact with us, how you can be a part of the next episode, and as I always say, that will make it better. So we would love for you to call us in and leave us a voicemail on that 773-35-SKIES. You can record something and send in an MP3 via email or on your phone even. If you have a voice recorder like on the iPhone, you can record something and, and email it to us. And you can email us at falliskiescast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+, Plus, or iTunes for that matter. On Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash falliskiescast. On Twitter, we are the fallingskies. Google Plus and iTunes, you pretty much have to look for us. Just look up Falling Skies Cast and be sure to find us. And then also you can check into our podcast on Geek Glue. I don't think I mentioned that lately, but that is an, uh, an option if you'd care to do that. I think that's about all the ways you can contact us. There may be some I forget. I don't know. There's a lot of them. Uh, you can also go over to our Falling Skies Cast website, FallingSkiesCast.com. It has important information about our show, about the podcast, about Falling Skies in general, 
and that sort of thing. And so, yes, this will wrap up this episode for the Fallen Skies cast for this July 4th week. As um, here in America, we'll have a, a day or off maybe or two, and uh, maybe more, I guess, if you're lucky. And uh, so happy Independence Day, Americans. And to the rest of the world, we'll bid you adieu as well. And from the Fallen Skies cast, I am Jimmy in Georgia. Peace.